Coming up on today's swim episode. Rockwool whatsoever, so I'm not a hater, but I realized after doing some research and I heard some studies about this. Some of the studies have suggested that rockwool and some of the others that I just mentioned, they're just about as effective as that pink. This is Swim Success with Music. Yo, what's going on, music fam? This is Success with Music. I am Walt. I am your music coach. And again, welcome to our podcast, which is Swim Success with Music. Hey, I appreciate you guys listening as always. Um, And I I do apologize. I've been away for a while, been working on a ton of new projects and and a lot of different things. And actually, today I'm going to be talking about something I've been working through uh, for the last few months or so, and that's building my studio. And specifically, we're going to talk about soundproofing. So as I've been going through this, doing a lot of research, talking to a lot of people, uh, got a quite a few different tips for you that will be helpful for you in terms of your home studio, whether it be a small setup or more of a larger involved setup, it's going to be uh, pretty helpful. And for those of you who are new to our program, I encourage you to subscribe uh, because once I get through this whole studio situation, we're going to be dropping content on a regular basis. All right, so let's get it. Hey, again, I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, I'm going to go through some content, a lot of it for soundproofing. I'm going to go super fast because I have like a boatload of tips uh, for you. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, One thing, though. I I do encourage you to, as always, to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Spotify. Um, Also, if you could, just follow us on Facebook or IG on the Gram, Instagram. You can find us with success with music, all one word, success with music. The reason why I'm saying that is we're going to be releasing a course pretty soon for you guys to demo or to take for free. Absolutely Free. So when we drop the course, we're going to let you guys know. So if you're subscribed to one of our our platforms, you'll see when that time is. We're only going to do it just for a short while because we've updated some of our software. So we want to give some of you guys the opportunity to demo the new software platform to learn about music completely free. Once that period is over, it will go back to the regular price. So again, it may be a good time for you to jump in on some free content And again, this is content that we actually charge for. So it's a good time to jump in, grab a few perks for just, um, you know, listening to the show and following us on those platforms. Again, success with music on Facebook, on IG. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast because we'll be talking about it there. All right, so we're talking about soundproofing today. Um, I got my air quotes up, soundproofing, because in reality, the idea of soundproofing your studio, it's going to be a really, really, really tough way to go. Um, I use the word soundproofing in quotes on purpose because it's really tough to soundproof a house, uh, your room, your basement, Uh, Even a commercial space of which I was in for quite a while, it's really tough unless you're starting from the ground up and you're doing some highly technical things 
in order to achieve that. So I put soundproofing in the title because a lot of times people throw that that phrase around as though you can just soundproof your bedroom or your basement or whatever. In reality, you can't. So and and, and don't feel like I'm, I'm deceiving you here in the show title. I'm putting it out there because we are all chasing a a really pristine, quiet environment to to do our to do our thing. And what I'm going to offer today is different levels of getting to that place. Now, a lot of it will depend on how much money you have, right? If you have all the money in the world, of course, you can build like the the most quietest uh, sound environment ever. But that's not where a lot of us are. So what I'm going to do today, I'm going to go from zero or no or low money all the way up. And depending on where you are, I'm hoping that I can give you some ideas or some tips that you can implement to make your soundproofing, air quotes, a lot better and fit for doing your mixing and your editing and and, and recording and things like that. All right. So as I said before, I'm going to go really fast because I have a, a boatload of tips. Uh, fair warning, um, due to how much content we have in the show today, I do encourage you to check out the show notes for this episode because what I'm going to do is give you a lot of links to these areas, to the things that I'm going to mention today, and that way you can go off and research these things. Know that these links are not official endorsements. I'm just sending you off into a direction to where you can actually start to do some more exploration on your own. So I'll give you some links to like Amazon, to YouTube, to some websites and things like that so that you can explore each of the topics more thoroughly. All right. So again, we're starting with low or no money. If you are looking to get a better sound, especially when recording uh, your guitar, recording vocals, and you just have a lot of ambient room noise, If you have low or no money, start with blankets. Yeah, blankets. Hang them up on your walls, preferably in a smaller space in your house, and use that as your fake vocal booth. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a little rough. Probably don't want any video footage of you doing, you know, laying down vocals in that environment. But in terms of sound, you can probably get a really decent sound by hanging up a few blankets around your room. Another thing is when you're recording your vocals in an environment like that, or you're doing your guitar or uh, acoustic instrument, try to get that mic right up on the sound source to mitigate the ambient sound that's around uh, that sound source, your voice or you know, the guitar or what have you. And then um, you may want to watch your gain on your mic. You don't want to have it super hot uh, as to pick up a lot of hiss. And again, that that ambient room noise. The next thing is um, record in a closet, man. That is like a vocal booth from heaven when you are recording like in an apartment or in a house or in a place that's not very friendly to sound. A closet with a lot of clothes absolutely is a great place to go. And again, it's all about that sound absorption. And so when you're there recording in your closet, that's an environment where you can get really good, tight vocals. You know, again, if you're trying to do some guitar and things like that and some other instruments, you may have a hard time fitting that all into a closet. But hey, man, it it may be something worth looking into. Next tip, throw up a mattress on the wall. Again, that sounds really not good, low tech. But hey, a few mattresses. 
in a corner in your room in a mic sitting there. Again, that is a way to go. I've known people to do this and they come out with incredibly sweet recording takes and you would have no idea that they've been sitting in front of a mattress, literally, and uh, laying down some tracks. Next thing is uh, you can go online for this. Look for bedding foam. Sometimes you'll find this down at one of your outlet stores or malls or whatever. The the bedding that um, you have like on top of your mattress, like the little foam layer thing, it usually comes in a big roll. Uh, Some people call it egg carton foam. You can find that stuff like on Amazon. Again, that might be a good way to go. It may not look too cute, but... Again, it allows for some sound deadening in your recording space. So check it out. All right, next tip. If you happen to have a mobile setup, meaning like you record with your laptop, you happen to have like a USB mic, or maybe you use something like a Zoom mic, you can record vocals in your car. Go into a garage and yeah, lay down tracks. I'm I'm telling you, I've personally witnessed and seen this happen, and I've heard some pretty good takes coming from a car. Because if you think about it, most cars do have some level of sound or acoustic treatment to keep like traffic noise out, engine noise out, and things like that. So if you're sitting there in your, your vehicle laying down a few tracks, that acoustic paneling built into your car may do your uh, tracks some good. Next thing, you're probably really familiar with this, foam acoustic panels. Uh, You'll see these things all over online, like at Amazon and things like that. Those 12 by 12 black or charcoal color foam where they have the ridges in them or the, the bubbles in them or whatever. And many times people will buy a whole box of them and hang them up in one big section on the wall. It's legit, right? It absorbs a lot of those reflections from your room. Again, it won't soundproof your room, but it will most certainly deaden that natural ambient reverb that occurs in your room. So again, acoustic foam panels, not a bad way to go. Next, I encourage you to build your own acoustic panels. So I put a link in the show notes for where you can uh, look at a video from this guy that I think did a phenomenal job on creating these panels. I personally have some panels. Mine are professionally built. They're like four feet wide and about five feet, maybe even six feet high. Um, They're really large, but great for absorbing and deadening sound in your room. Uh, On that video, if you look at it, this guy, um, he basically takes Roxel, rock wool or mineral insulation and we can talk more about that in just a second but he puts that inside of he puts that inside of a wood frame and then wrap it with burlap and when it's done i mean it looks sweet it looks professional and again a great way of creating a quieter recording environment and one more note about that once you have your panel finished you can use one as a cloud and if you're not familiar with that um, that term, it's when you have a an acoustic panel or some type of acoustic treatment hanging directly over your recording desk. So as you're sitting there in front of your monitors, some of the sound will go up to your ceiling and bounce off and come back down and creating these weird deflections in your room. So if you have this cloud or this panel directly above your head, it can mitigate some of the bouncing frequencies in your room again, gaining more control over what you're actually 
hearing when you're doing your mixing and observing what you've recorded. Next thing, uh, bass traps. If you're not familiar, bass traps typically go in the corner. They are these large wedge-shaped contraptions that basically suck up some of the roaming bass frequencies or low-end frequencies in your room. I'm not going to go through all of the physics of it here, um, but it does, again, gain control over the lower frequencies, which happen to build up in the corners of your room, giving you an imbalanced perception of your low end. Again, this is not going to necessarily keep out outside noise, but it's more of dealing with the noise within your room. So having bass traps in your recording environment is worth looking into. Next thing, sound diffusers. And you've probably seen these. If you're not familiar with this term, you've seen them like a billion times. Um, there's um, this one style of sound diffuser where it's uh, it looks like artwork. It's typically hanging on a wall and it's all these blocks like or cubes, typically wood, and they're at varying heights. And it's typically like a rectangular shape and you'll see it hanging on the back wall. I've seen them on ceilings. I've seen them behind the, the monitor. Even though it looks uh, pretty sweet from an aesthetic standpoint, it has a function. It creates more of a cleaner sound within your recording environment. According to Acoustical Solutions, sound diffusers are designed to scatter and disperse sound waves, thereby reducing standing waves and echoes to improve sound clarity. So in short, they act as the surfaces that do not reflect sound very readily, lessening that echoey type of sound that you would have when you're recording vocals. You can buy these online. A friend of mine, <laughs> he literally got uh, an algorithm online and he started to cut up wood blocks and got some glue and he's building his own. So this is something that you could do on your own. It will take a long time, but if done right, and if you follow the directions, you can wind up having a pretty sweet sound diffuser. All right, so let's go ahead and move over into some more advanced sound treatment techniques. And these things will really mitigate incoming and outgoing sound from your studio. And again, this is going to be more on the expensive side. And this is probably going to require doing some light construction or some building with uh, some someone that's pretty uh, sweet with the uh, the carpentry skills. Let's say you're building a space in your basement or you're demoing a room in your house. Uh, you can most certainly get insulation in the walls of your studio. I do want to bring up something here. And this one, I'm going to have to footnote with a link. So please check this out again in the show notes. The idea of using rock wool or rock sole or mineral wool insulation, those things are really, really, really expensive. When I was going through getting materials for my studio, I looked at it. I read a lot of reviews online and everyone's saying, hey, you know, rock wool is like the industry standard. And by the way, I have nothing against rock wool whatsoever. So I'm not a hater, but I realized after doing some research and I heard some studies about this. Some of the studies have suggested that rock wool and some of the others that I just mentioned, they're just about as effective as that pink stuff, the pink cheap stuff. And then, of course, you have to buy the right version of the pink stuff. But again, I've heard that the actual decibel reduction 
is nearly the same and in many instances at a fraction of the cost. So again, that's why I want to have you look at the show notes so you can verify for yourself. There's a gentleman that goes through this whole big presentation and gives you data and he actually has information on his site about the actual decibel reduction with respect to rock wool versus the pink stuff. My goal, again, is not to denigrate rock wool or any of the other brands out there. My goal is to actually help you maybe have more of a a cost-effective way of controlling your sound. So please, please check that out. You may save yourself a lot of money. All right, so my point being is check out some of the pink stuff and get that uh, in, in your walls and you will reduce your your decibels between the the two rooms substantially next thing there's a technique out there where you double drywall your room and um the the recommendation is a five eighths inch drywall thickness so you have two layers of five eighth inch drywall back to back so you have one thick wall but what that what happens is that when sound is traveling through those particles, they're, they're slowed down substantially, the sound waves. And then it hits the second layer of that drywall and they're slowed down or absorbed substantially or that energy is, is mitigated or reduced. So double drywalling is like an amazing way of reducing sound. A friend of mine happens to be an architect and he does like a lot of work for like Starbucks and things like that. And he talks about the fact that that is a technique that they use in building the the old uh, double drywall uh, technique. Another thing that he mentioned, which I also read about, is using acoustic glue between the two layers of drywall. So yeah, you can just go with two layers of drywall, but to further sweeten the, the sound reduction properties, you can use acoustical glue in between the two surfaces. So it's like a little sandwich going on there. You have one piece of drywall, a layer of glue, and then you have the other drywall And that's kind of how it's set up. Again, I'm not providing an endorsement for anything today, but I can tell you if you look around, you won't have to look around very long to find out that green glue happens to be the industry standard for this acoustic glue that goes in between the drywall. Um, Fair warning, green glue, in my opinion, is just ridiculous in price. But I was talking to my architect friend. He's like, oh, yeah. That's what they use in out there in a lot of these large commercial facilities, whether it be like a theater or uh, some type of building where they're trying to substantially reduce noise between one area or the other. So he's like, yeah, yeah, that that's exactly what they use. Green glue is a bit different in that it it kind of behaves as like um, like a putty substance. So it never dries to like a glue or a tacky substance. It's more of a kind of a spongy thing that remains spongy for years and years and years. So what you have is like a shock absorber between the drywall. So when sound comes through, according to green glue, when it hits the green glue area, that sound wave energy is transformed into a very, very slight bit of heat. Nothing that's dangerous, nothing that's going to set anything on fire, but very, very small amount of heat. And then there's the other piece of drywall Again, that whole apparatus allows for a substantial reduction in sound. So, yeah, check that out. Do your research. Uh, There are some competitors to green glue, um, but 
after watching a few videos online and doing a lot of research, it seems like no one has come up with the same type of formula as those guys. All right, next tip. There are these um, mechanisms of which you can hang your drywall on the wall with, meaning if you have your wood studs behind your walls, there are these acoustic clips that create kind of a floating situation to where the drywall does not have an, a direct contact with the wood stud. So in other words, as sound is traveling through the wall to the drywall, the sound actually hits these clips. And on these clips, there are these small, tiny acoustic pads, and it reduces the the um, the sound energy that's coming through that wall. It sounds a little crazy and maybe confusing if if you're not following me, but Again, just go online, just Google drywall acoustic clips and channels. You'll see a lot of systems out there for hanging drywall into your new studio space. Again, fair warning, those things are crazy expensive. Um, just to kind of give you a personal story here, I was going to go that route with these things, but man, looking at how much square footage I have, I just decided that I was not going to go with uh, these clips. I think the clips alone were going to cost me like 600 bucks. Um, that's not to mention any of the other materials. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. But again, you may have a small space, maybe a vocal booth where that will make a lot of sense. All right. Next thing you can also use if you're building your space or remodeling a space, something called putty pads that will go behind your electrical outlets in your room. In your house right now or in your apartment, I don't know if you know this, but if you ever put your ear down to an electrical outlet and there's something happening on the other side of that wall, like a washing machine or a kitchen or, or whatever, you can hear quite a bit from the other side of the room through an electrical outlet. Well, that's because the electrical outlet has a whole bunch of uh, little small open spaces in the back of it wiring and things like that. So the sound that's coming from the backside of that or the other side of the room can travel very easily into the space that you're in. So if you do all of these great things, uh, let's say you're building a new environment for or a new room for your studio or whatever, if you don't secure your outlets, you will have a lot of bleeding of sound from the outside into your room just buy your electrical outlets. So these putty pads are like these, I guess they're like eight by eight squares. And what you do is when your walls are down, you will wrap these on the back of your outlets, your light switches, your electrical receptacles. Um, in my studio, I just realized that I'm going to put a HDMI cable up for a larger monitor system. So I need to put one on that little um, HDMI box but the point is you wrap your electrical outlet or light switch boxes with this on the backside so that air cannot come through that box outside of the little small holes in the front. You'll be surprised at how much sound energy can travel through those little tiny boxes. So, again, that may be worth looking into. All right, last tip. And this one I'm pretty excited about. This is one that I'm doing in my studio right now. I never really heard about it from a lot of uh, producers and things like that, but whatever, I'll, I'll mention it to you guys today. And it's called Mass Loaded Vinyl, MLV, Mass Loaded Vinyl. 
And again, this is something that you want to Google. Of all the years that I've been talking to musicians and going to studios and been on online forums, I never heard it from anybody. I, I don't know why. And it's not like some secret. It, it's been around for many, many years. But I just never heard any musicians talking about this stuff or producers talking about this stuff. In short, mass loaded vinyl is this incredibly heavy, 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 yet very thin and pliable um, sheet of um, vinyl that you can actually hang on your ceiling or on your walls and it absorbs a, 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 a large amount of sound energy. Now, it comes in different thicknesses, and hopefully I get my math right here. I think, and you know what? Let me not guess here. Let me look it up real fast here so I can give you the right numbers behind this stuff. So let me let me back up here. So mass loaded vinyl is black. It's like a big roll, and uh, the one that I have here uh, for my studio, I believe it's about four feet in width. And I mean, it comes in very long rolls. You can get like 50 feet. You can get 20 feet. I can get shorter rolls like 10 feet. You can get up to like 100 feet of this stuff, depending on how large your space is. But um, let me give you an example on some numbers here as to how this stuff works. So they have this stuff at very in varying thicknesses. So if you have 16th of an inch of this stuff, one square foot of this stuff weighs a half pound. So think about that. 16th of an inch, a square foot of that, it weighs a half pound. So now imagine that you have a whole wall of this stuff. You can see how heavy and how dense that is. Let's say you have a 10 by 10 foot wall. That's like 50 pounds of soundproofing on your wall, if my math uh, holds up there in that example. So if you think about it from that vantage point, that's pretty substantial. So this stuff, mass loaded vinyl, it's used in theater rooms and houses. It's used in movie theaters. It's used in apartments. Um, it's used in conference rooms. It's used in hotels. Uh, the thicker version of the stuff, and it can go up in thickness, um, it can be used on the floor. So before you put your carpet down, let's say you're on the second floor, your studio is upstairs in your home and you're making a lot of noise for people downstairs, you can buy the stuff and lay it down underneath your carpet and it will mitigate and stop a lot of noise. Again, if you think about hotels and things like that, that's exactly what they have. So this stuff is amazing. The cool part about this is if you have a space where it's all built out and you're not doing reconstruction or doing the demo, it may be kind of ugly, but you can actually tack this stuff on an existing wall. So in other words, if you just go to the room of your studio, you can actually layer it on the outside of that wall. And from what I understand, this stuff can be painted and, and things like that. And there may be some ways that you can kind of dress it up so it doesn't look super ugly. But again, this allows for very, very good sound absorption. So yeah, check it out. It may be worth the investment. Uh, fair warning, this stuff is not cheap. But if you're just using a little bit for like a vocal booth or whatever, I mean, it may be worth the investment and it may you may find that it's a better soundproofing tool than the traditional foam squares or even rock sole or rock wool or whatever. And the sweet part about the things that I mentioned today, if you are able to stack some of these uh, soundproofing uh, measures, 
that I believe is where you really start to cash in. Meaning, let's say you have, you know, the mass loaded vinyl, and then on top of that you have your sound panels, and then maybe you have your bass traps or you have your sound diffuser. These things working in tandem will actually give you a substantial leg up. All right, man, I hope this show was helpful for you today. Check out those show notes. There's a lot there, more than usual. And again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on Facebook or on IG, Success With Music. Hey, we'll check you on the next episode. $10.